0: Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today is Monday, which means we're bringing you Sticky Money Mondays, a weekly advice column where you give us a sticky money situation that you're in, whether your ex owes you money, your friend is asking you to fork out for her wedding or your flatmate just keeps stealing your oat milk we are here to give you our unsolicited unfiltered advice you are joined today by retired nice girl sim and with me is expert mean friend sonia the friend who tells you what you need to hear not what you want to hear let's get started so today sonia this sticky money story is pretty sticky because not only is it to do with relationships, because we love a sticky money story with relationships, but it gets straight to the issue, which is different salaries in relationships. And that in itself is always a little bit hard. So I'm very honored, thankful, and grateful that this person trusts us with this kind of information and, and does want, want your opinion and let's just get straight into it. So today's Sticky Money story goes, Dear Simon Sonia, I would love your thoughts but would also appreciate if you do keep this anonymous. Don't worry, girl, we got you. My husband and I have vastly different salaries. I am on 55,000 pounds and he's on 25,000 pounds. We have a joint account where we contribute money for monthly expenditure, so bills and groceries. I contribute about 400 pounds where he contributes about 150 pounds, so less than half. He also pays the mortgage which is about 400 pounds for our house out of his own pocket as he bought the house before we met. I also plan to buy soon and will also pay the mortgage myself. It's not really a sticky situation right now, but I'm worried that over time it will become one and I want to set boundaries. The issue is that when we go out for a meal or get food, he usually uses the joint account. If I pay, I use my personal account as I think the money would get used up too quickly otherwise. Also, if we've gone on a day trip, I end up paying for most of the cost. It also bugs me that he uses the joint account for some personal things, so small scale things under 20 pounds. I'm smart. I save two thirds of my salary and I use the final third for personal expenses, going out, contributing to the house. I'm not being taken advantage of, but sometimes I feel resentful that he dips into our shared account for costs that I would strictly use my personal account for. I also worry that I'm paying a lot of black coal costs such as bills i come from a background where my father was abusive towards my mother in all senses financially he defrauded her and walked away with five kids she had nothing and i was the eldest and i saw the aftermath i've worked hard done well and protected myself as much as i can maybe even being overproductive i guess what i'm trying to ask is should i let these things go Or am I right to address them and set further boundaries? I find it so hard to unwrap the trauma around finances from what I've experienced in early life. I'm trying to push my husband to go out for a better job for himself, but also because I don't want to feel as if I need to contribute more, you know, to trips or eating out because of the salary disparity that right now we have. Perhaps it's some guilt over earning a lot more, having no liabilities and far more financial freedom. So I guess, my questions are Sonia from an outside perspective is our current breakdown healthy should I set more boundaries around not paying for takeout foods or some more costs from the joint account and just keeping it as bills and groceries and last of all how do I start to address my fears around being taken advantage of I know this comes from a place of fear I don't want to be militant as I appreciate that one day the tables will turn if we have children for example when I'm on maternity leave I would expect him to pick up all the costs, including personal ones. My husband is a good man. I've just seen the worst in human nature and has left me triggered and traumatized when it comes to anything financial related in relationships. Please help.
1: I feel like you need to take a deep breath after reading that. That was full on. There's so many parts to this. I feel like let's start just with the trauma in general. First of all, no, let's take a step back. I'm really glad that you recognize that you think this is about to be a problem and kind of reach out for some advice because oftentimes people especially couples like they'll only raise things when crap hits the fan this is exactly why we talk about money mindset and unlearning first before we dive into how we want our finances to look in the future like you've already recognized that this awful thing has happened in your childhood and what you've witnessed I think it's important to remember that you and your husband's situation does not need to mirror what has happened in childhood and it's really hard to do that. It's kind of hard to see where he's going to come from because he probably doesn't have any malicious intent um, with the way things are going, especially if like a conversation hasn't been had or if you haven't brought this up before. He, because nothing's been said, he probably thinks that everything's okay. So I think off the bat for me go further into why you think the way that you do and unpacking the things that have happened in your childhood um, because that fear is so real and it's not easy to get over like once you listen to this it's not just gonna be like oh yeah now i'm cured it's gonna take a few months and honestly i think it's an ongoing learning process to unlearn that and a new situation might come up and that like might trigger you as well but that's where i'm coming from off the bat i'm such an advocate for therapy this is a lot deeper than just how you would react to finances as well with the trauma that's happened in your childhood so
0: it's so crazy like imagine being in that situation growing up and when you are the eldest I think it's important to acknowledge that you know there's mum and then there's you you're the next to like weigh that burden on your shoulders so I can only imagine that this is so much deeper than you know what people could imagine or even try to understand so that's such a good point therapy To answer the third part of your question, you know, how do I start addressing my fears of being taken advantage of? I don't think it's abnormal to have those fears, I think. Step one is like acknowledging that you're dealing with this the way anyone in your shoes would have. It's not like, oh, um, you know, Anonymous is really crazy or she's so damaged, like what's wrong with her? I think if anyone normal was you know, put into that situation, they would be having these exact same questions. So I think step one is like acknowledgement that you are where you're meant to be right now in in your life.
1: It also helps just having that unbiased perspective and they're professionals. So they would know how to unpack that in a productive way and also not in such a scary way off the bat. I think the second bit that I want to address is your question around, is this normal or is this a fair split? I always say that what's fair and what's right for couples or even like flooding situations or between friends, it's always going to be personal to what feels right to you guys after you've had a conversation. So the fact that you're already bringing this up, like to seek help and to seek advice and potentially like regroup and what you could do different. That's also, that's already a clear sign that it's not fair and it's not like a right split because it doesn't work for you guys or you feel so strongly okay you're going out for dinner with your husband you're just trying to enjoy your meal and all you're thinking about is oh my gosh he's gonna pay with like for the joint account that almost spoils the entire like evening or meal
0: he's like hey do you want to get this wine and it's like 30 euros you're like you know what I might just get water.
1: You want to get a main, but you get an entree instead. That's my opinion on that.
0: This is my personal opinion on what I would do. So you've got a split between you and your partner. You're asking from an outside perspective, is our current breakdown healthy? I don't think it's abnormal for me or for you to voice what makes us uncomfortable with money that we are both contributing. Because... Even though the split on how you spend things isn't 50-50, the say that you have on your finances together is 50-50. Like you don't get to have less of a say or more of a say on where your money goes. You're allowed to be like, hey, I don't really like that you spend this in our joint account. I don't really like that you spend that in our joint account. What would be unhealthy is him not listening or hearing you out and, and getting defensive that's when it gets unhealthy. I don't necessarily think the split right now is unhealthy. I just think it would get unhealthy if you build up resentment because I'm someone that, you know, money's hard to talk about. Even for myself, like if you were with someone and they kept doing these little things, you don't want to be crazy, you don't want to bring it up, but then it starts to build and build and build and then suddenly they spend $30 on dinner and you smack the table and you're just like what are you doing and they're like where did this come from
1: yeah built up resentment doesn't come up in a um in a nice way it's usually a screaming match or just really mean because it's so highly emotive whereas if you're trying to have a conversation to you know mitigate that anger or emotion um then having it now is your best bet
0: Because look, you sound like a very smart woman. And the thing is, you've literally said it. I'm smart. I save two thirds my salary. Like that's amazing. You clearly have a good, you know, head on your shoulders. You know what you're doing despite coming from a very tough situation. So if you can get through that, then a conversation in the grand scheme of things isn't as scary or as difficult as what you've already overcome. Do you know what I mean? setting boundaries
1: now will lead to less resentment and more enjoyment in both of your relationships and when you go out and when he does spend money you don't have like a like this thing at the back of your head that's just like nagging you like bring it up bring it up bring it up first of all it is an issue already um, it's not going to become one. It is already an issue because it's bothering you this much. So setting those clear boundaries in that conversation face to face, it doesn't have to be so clinical and cold. Like you're literally one prefacing that you want to have a conversation with finances. So he's got not a warning, but just a little bit of courtesy that this is what the night is going to be about. And it could come up very naturally. Like, I'm, I assume that you do a few things together rather than just see each other once a week for this um, date night. Clear and concise is always the best way, so there's no room for misinterpretation of what you're trying to say or what you're trying to get across. So I definitely think bringing it up now and setting those boundaries is a good idea, and I think you know that too by what you've said. The thing is, you bring up future situations, like when you have kids, you expect them to do X, Y, Z. I always there's this thing in the barefoot investor which is one of my favorite money books and it's to continuously have these money dates or like date nights and talking about your finances you don't have a one and done conversation with your partner you might actually change your mind as you unpack your trauma and work through these fears you might have a different perspective in a year two years three years four years so it's always good to keep your finger on the pulse about where you guys sit and i'm not talking every single date night but it's like what well, what works for you once a month once a quarter once every six months that you guys just review everything since you're already you already have a joint account you know
0: i want to add you know you mentioned a part where you want to push your husband towards getting a better job um and part of you you mentioned that you know there's some guilt around earning more i want to push that down really quickly you should not feel guilty for earning more in a relationship. I think we have this like weird obsession with women should earn slightly less than, than their partner or women should be slightly shorter than their partner or women should be slightly skinnier than their partner. Like we should always be like just a little bit less than we should be equals, but not like completely equal and definitely not above and beyond. And in your situation, you know, to be earning twice as much as your partner, I promise you if the roles were reversed would your partner be reaching out to a podcast being like hey guys I make more than my wife I feel guilty about it like no so why should you I don't think it's something that we need to keep doing I think we grow up feeling like we should feel that way but why why feel guilty I just think as women, or as people that identify as women, where you feel like you have to feel guilty for making more, like this is a family unit. And if you see yourselves together and everything is joint and you're sharing everything, then I mean, I'm sure your partner is very proud that you make more. I'm sure he's very happy because this is contributing to both of your lives. And if you're talking about children, this is contributing to the kind of upbringing your children will have together. So, I, yeah, just wanted to mention that a little bit. Do not feel guilty for the amount of money that you make now, the amount of money you make in the future. You could be making 20 times as much as your partner, and you, the only thing you should be feeling is happiness for providing so much for this unit that you have together. The, the other thing I wanted to mention is you say that, you know, is it silly to bring this up, or is it kind of interesting to kind of bring up the little you know, the little, she said, under 20 pound expenses that he's spending. You kind of grow up with this idea that like, you don't want to be nagging. You don't want to be like, oh my God, like it, nitpicking on little things. I get that. Like if someone spent, I don't know, like three euros on or pounds on toothpaste, you're almost like, do I bring it up? Do I not? I don't think it has to be in the store. Like, hey, put that back. I think it's in that meeting that Sonia was mentioning. Like, bring it up then. If the roles were reversed, would you prefer your partner to just be clear with you? Your husband, By you know, do you want him to be clear with you? Or would you want him to kind of like bite his tongue, get a little bit annoyed, and then three years down the track, you want to buy a car and he goes, no, you spend too much money. And you go, where on earth did this come from? So in summary, should you bring this up with your partner? Absolutely. Was anything that you said not worth bringing up? No, these are your feelings. And this person loves you, respects you, and is willing to hear you out. It's going to be a difficult conversation. Absolutely. You're probably going to need to have some level of professional help if you really want to break down You know the childhood trauma and causes that influence the way that you're viewing life yeah sure you know it's not like Sonia said it's not going to be like a one-off or a one-episode thing but you've come to us with a possible issue that will come maybe later down the track like you're so onto it you have a good head on your shoulders I have no doubt that you're gonna deal with this really well and we will put a little poll in the Facebook group for our listeners to answer what they would do in this situation and I think you'll see that majority of people would probably say yeah have a chat with him and these things are not too small to bring up so with that it's a good place to wrap it up if you have a sticky money situation that you want answered email us a voice memo at hello at girls invest.com with the title sticky money story and you may just be featured on next week's episode
1: To finish off our disclaimer, so Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.